Well, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out here, and we are so happy to have you here with us. My name is Judah. I'm lead pastor here, and I want to let you know that next week we're starting a, a brand new series called Tomorrow, and we're actually going to be studying uh, in the books of First and Second Thessalonians, kind of the, the end times, like what's going to happen. You know, we look at the future, like what's going to happen tomorrow, and so we're going to start that series next week, so we'd love to invite you to, to come out to that. Um, again, that starts next week, and this this week is great because it's Mother's Day. I figured the best thing for me to do is to take the week off and make my wife do the work. So, so she's going to be preaching this week. And it's interesting because whenever I, I let her preach, though, it actually hurts my feelings because everybody comes up to me and is like, why don't you just let her preach more instead of you? So anyhow, I'm bracing myself for that. But will you please uh, give a round of applause to my wife, Carrie, as she brings the word. Thank you, and I want to wish all of the moms a very happy Mother's Day. And around this time of year, I'm always reminded of the so many ways that my own mother has loved me and cared for me and served me, and she still does all the time. But one of the best things that my mom did for me was she gave me this great baby shower when I was pregnant with our first daughter. So this goes back 17 years ago, and this baby shower had all the hallmarks of a great shower. We didn't know that we were having a girl, so there were blue decorations and pink and yellow, you know, all the baby colors, and there were balloons, and there were like baby pictures of me and my husband. It was really cute, and all the little favors. And we also had this really big photo cake I don't know if they still do those photo cakes anymore, but on one side of this huge photo cake was an ultrasound picture of my unborn baby. <laughs> it, it was a little bit weird, but whatever. And on the other side of the cake was a picture of me, you know, with the big belly and I'm smiling, you know, it was cute. And the shower went so smoothly for like the first 20 minutes. And then my mom decided it was time to take the customary photo of me with the cake. You know, you always have to take a picture of the person, like if it's their birthday, you got to have the picture of them with the cake. So it was time to do that. And as we approached the cake, we realized that something very bad had happened to the cake. There was a piece missing. We hadn't taken the photo yet and there was a piece missing. Now, it wasn't like the corner piece. You know, somebody wasn't like, I want the piece with the extra icing. I'm gonna just get over there and get that corner piece. No, they chopped my head out of the middle of the cake with precision. It was a perfect square had been removed from the center of the cake. So I said to my mom, it's okay, you know, we don't need the picture. But I was wrong. She said we did need the picture. So with fire in her eyes, she went around to every table looking for that piece of cake that had my face on it. And when she found the child that had taken it, she reclaimed that piece of cake. Yes, she did. And she marched right over to that cake table and she put it right back where it belonged. And we got the picture, and the baby shower was saved. 
Desperate times call for desperate measures. Moms will do anything for their kids, right? In the Bible tonight, we're going to read a story about a mother who faced desperate times. 2 Kings 4 verse 1. It says, One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. So our story opens with a widow. Her husband was a very God-fearing man. He served the Lord. This woman is also a mother. She now has no way to pay her bills, and she has two sons to support. Now, in those days, a creditor had the right to come and take your children away and use them as slaves until your debt could be repaid. So first, she faced the loss of her husband. Now she is facing the loss of her two sons. And not only just the loss of them, but they would have also been the ones who would have supported her in her old age. So she, she's really facing the loss of really everything that she has. This woman is emotionally drained at this point. She does not know what to do. So she goes to Elisha, who's also a man of God and a prophet of God. Verse 2, what can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. So she says she has nothing at all. She likely had sold everything that she already had to earn the money that she needed. She probably sold items in her house, furniture, clothing, whatever she had to try to pay that debt. And she has nothing left but this flask of olive oil. She is desperate. She's emotionally drained. She's also financially drained and probably physically drained from lack of food. Do you guys feel for her? I, I do. You know, moms do anything that they can for their kids. And she had done everything and come up short. You know, just it wasn't enough. She came up empty. She was in a desperate place. Do you ever feel drained in one way or another? Yeah, you can raise your hand. Like you don't have anything left to give. You know, moms get that way a lot because we're just wired to take care of everybody and we just do it. We just make sure everybody has what they need and it gets very draining. Our families just rely on us to be their, their doctors, their counselors, their teachers, right? But the reality is, is that everybody gets drained, whether you're a mom or you're not a mom. We all get drained at times. I don't know what it is that leaves you feeling drained you know, maybe it's just the daily grind, just the day in and day out, just getting it done every day, going to work and doing what you have to do. You know, maybe you're financially drained, like the widow. You know, maybe you have like a lack of relationships in your life and you just feel alone and that gets very draining. It's draining to be lonely. Maybe you're also 
grieving the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or the loss of a dream that you had. We all can experience this. None of us are impervious to this. And I gotta be honest, I'm in a kind of a particularly draining season in my life right now. Uh, I have a little boy who's four years old and there's so much fun that you have with little ones. You know, they're just, they're just so stinking cute. And there's so many blessings that come along with having a little one. But they're also germ magnets. And my son gets colds back to back to back. But it's a little bit worse than that because he has asthma. So, like, every time he gets a cold, it's like this horrible cough. And, and we can't go anywhere because the cough is so bad that I just have to stay home and have to take care of him. And we miss parties. You know, we miss church. Like last cold and flu season, we missed 10 Sundays at church. 10. Some of you maybe have never even seen me before. But I am a real person. But it gets very draining. So he'll get a cough and then he'll cough like all night long, you know, like two to three nights every time he gets a cold. And, and I just can't sleep through that, you know? So I'm awake. So between just the, the lack of sleep and just dealing with this over and over, I get really isolated, you know, and I start to feel kind of depressed. And if he's not coughing, somebody is snoring. I'm not gonna name names because there's six people that live in my house but this person kind of, you know, sleeps kind of close to me and keeps me up. So I can get really drained from that. But the widow in our story, she was drained, but she did something right. She cried out to God. It seems simple and straightforward, but how often do we forget to call out to God first? You know, we just try to survive. We try to just figure it out on our own. For your notes, when you feel drained, cry out to God first. I'm going to read verse 2 again. Elisha said, what can I do to help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. So Elisha says, what do you have? He already knows there's a lot she doesn't have, right? She's got no husband. She's got no money. She's got no food. But still he asks her, what do you have? Isn't it our tendency when we're drained to just think about what we don't have? We can just get really focused on that. You know, you may not have everything. Nobody has everything, but you all have something. You may not have money in your wallet. You may not have enough emotional energy to meet all of the needs that are around you, but maybe you do have a family that loves you. You know, maybe you have one friend that will listen to you. Maybe you've got a roof over your head. If nothing else, you have a God that loves you, that's in your corner, right? You have a church family that's here for you and that supports you. When we focus on what we do have, we automatically start to feel less drained and more 
grateful. A little bit of gratitude can go a long way. For your notes, when you feel drained, focus on what you have, on what you have. Verse 3, and Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. He says, go to your friends and neighbors. Ask for help. This poor woman, she's, she's already done a lot, right? He's asking her to do a little bit more. He says, ask for help. Ask for jars. He, he didn't just solve her problem on the spot, but he asked her to be involved. Do you think that was easy for her or hard for her? Hard, right? It was probably hard. You know, some of us, we don't like asking for help. Why is that? We don't want to show our weakness, right? Sometimes it takes a little bit of humility to ask for help, to say, I can't figure this out on my own. I am tired. I need help. You know, a while back, I hit a real low point in my mental health. And I was experiencing uncontrollable anxiety to the point where I couldn't really even take care of my children. I didn't want to ask for help because I was so embarrassed about it. I didn't want to appear weak or like I didn't have it together. I was worried that everybody was going to find out and then they'd be talking smack about me behind my back. You know, that's what I was worried about. But you know what I did? I put my pride aside and I got help. And it was not as bad or as embarrassing as I expected it to be. Did people talk smack about me behind my back? I don't know. I mean, maybe they did. <laughs> maybe they didn't. But I don't care because asking for help was the beginning of my healing. That was when I started to get better. For your notes, when you feel drained, ask for help. What does asking for help look like? I don't know what it looks like for you. It could be just asking somebody for prayer at church. It could be enlisting help with your children or with some project in your home. It could be seeking help from a mental health specialist or from a pastor. It could be having a little time with a friend who always encourages you. Let's read verse four. Elisha told her, then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside as it is filled. Now, she's only got one flask of oil. So she might have been a little bit confused by his instructions because he's saying, you know, fill the jars and set them aside as they're filled. Well, how many jars is she really going to fill with one flask of olive oil? I mean, come on. It really doesn't make any sense. You know, and I wonder if she was like a little bit worried about pouring out 
that last of her oil. I mean, that was the last thing she owned. It was like the last thing that she had. And she didn't really know where Elisha was going with this. She didn't really know what the outcome was going to be. Like, what's going to happen when I pour this out? I wonder if she felt that if she let go of that, that there wouldn't be anything left for herself or for her sons. But let's see what she does. Verse 5. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. It says, she did as she was told, at risk of looking silly to her friends and neighbors in going to ask for help. She still asked for jars, at risk of losing what she had left, she poured everything out. See, she obeyed God, and she saw a miracle. The jars that were once empty were now full. For your notes, when you feel drained, have faith that God will fill you. So our widow, she didn't start with much, just a flask of oil, but she kept pouring. And it's in the pouring out of that little bit that she had that the jars were filled. If she had hung on to that, if she had been too afraid to give it, then she would not have received all of that oil in return. She would not have received that blessing or that miracle. You know, when we feel drained, our, our tendency is just to hold on to everything that we have for fear that we aren't going to have enough for ourselves. We're not going to have enough energy to get through the day. Not going to have a lo enough love to go around. Not going to have enough money to pay my bills or, or to care for my own needs. And we can just hold on so tightly to these things. But the principle of this story is that it's in the pouring out that we are filled. It's not in the hanging on to what we have left. It maybe doesn't make sense to give something that we don't have much of. And it probably didn't make sense to the widow to pour out that oil. But it's when we're empty that God can truly fill us. In your notes, when you feel drained, keep pouring. Keep pouring. In your emptiness, keep pouring into your kids. Keep serving those around you. Keep serving here in church. Keep loving others. Keep sharing. Keep giving. The widow obeyed, and she had faith that God would fill her. There's no doubt she was drained and empty 
Her life circumstances left her completely desperate. She was empty, but she was full of faith in God's ability to provide. God is our greatest resource. The widow brought jars. Imagine if she had only brought one jar. If she'd only brought one jar, what would have happened? Only one jar would have been filled. But she brought many jars. We don't know exactly how many, but we know it was a lot. It was enough to cover her debts, and it was enough to live on what was left over. She was full of faith. She brought a lot of jars. She came expectantly. She was drained, but she knew that God could fill her. As many empty jars as she brought, he filled them. And you see, he filled the jars according to the faith that she had. I wonder if after she saw the miracle, if she was like, shoot, I should have got more jars. You know, like she could have been a millionaire. The more jars, the bigger the miracle. For your notes, we can limit our blessings when we limit our faith and our obedience to God. I want to share another verse it's from Luke 6:38 and this is Jesus speaking it says give and you will receive your gift will return to you in full pressed down shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap the amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. You see, the way that God gives back to us is a full measure. And this verse implies that when we give, we actually receive a little bit more than we even gave. Isn't that awesome? That's like such a good return. That's like some high interest. You know, it's like you give a little bit and then God's going to give that back to you plus like a little more blessing. You'll receive blessings in abundance, pressed down, shaken together until you can't hold any more and running over and poured into your lap. And then it says the amount that you give will determine the amount that you get back. So you give a little, you receive a little. Give a lot, and you're going to receive a lot. So I want to ask you, when it comes to generosity and pouring your life into others, whether it's your kids or, or it's other people, how much are you willing to give? You know, are you willing to give, to give this much? You know, maybe you're willing to give Give a scoop like this. You're willing to pour this much into others. Well, that's great. You know, if you give that, God's going to give that back to you and a little bit more. And, and that's really, really good, right? But maybe you're willing to, to pour a little more. Maybe, maybe you're willing to give this much, you know, a little bit more. And then God's going to give that back to you pressed down, shaken together, and running over a full measure. That's amazing, right? 
with somebody else, they might be willing to pour out even more in loving and serving and giving to others. You know, they might be willing to pour out this much, right? And like, that's what they're going to get back, right? They're going to get a blessing like this, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, right? And maybe some of you are even willing to pour out this much. Can you give this much? This is like the mother load, right? You give this, you pour this out, you pour into others, you pour into your kids. You're going to receive that back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in blessings. You know, somebody who gives this much, I mean, it's good, but they might look at that person and say, why does that person have so many blessings? Why are they experiencing so much joy and so much fulfillment? Why does it seem like they just keep getting blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed? It's because they're pouring this much. Because they're giving that much. Because they're showing up every day. They're giving their all for God. They're giving their time. They're giving their money. They're giving their energy. And they're pouring. And they're going to receive that much blessing. You know, sometimes people say things like, you know, I don't have any friends or I just, I can't like meet anybody at church. And, and, and I hate hearing that because, you know, I, I went a whole bunch of years where I really didn't have any friends at all. And I know what that's like. But are you pouring? Are you pouring into others or just hoping that people are going to pour into you? You see, you have to pour. You have to invest something to get something back. You know, people will say, like, oh, you know, my, my kids are really struggling, and oh, it's just killing me to, you know, watch what they're going through. You got to keep pouring. Are you praying? Are you pouring? Are you speaking truth into them? You got to keep pouring into them. You know, we all like being poured into, don't we? We want people, and we want God to to pour into us and to bless us. We love that receiving part, but not necessarily the giving part. You know, and, and this happens sometimes when people are uh, maybe shopping for a new church, right? They want to know, like, well, what groups do you have? And what, what do you have for kids? And, and, and what's in it for me? But the better question is, how can I contribute to this body of believers? How can I pour? What can I give here? How can I help? And there's a point for every follower of Christ where they begin to realize that it's not what's in it for us, but it's what we can give to others. The word tells us that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So you give a little time, you give a little energy, you give a little effort, a little love, you're going to receive going to receive a little bit, going to get a little bit back. But if you give a lot, you sow a lot, you pour a lot, you're going to get a lot. You're going to get a lot back. So here's the good news if you are feeling empty. In your notes, when you are empty, you are in a position to be filled. Maybe you're here today 
and you're feeling empty and tired. Maybe you're a mom or a dad and, you know, you feel like you've poured everything that you possibly can into your kids and it's not enough. Maybe you're financially empty or you're facing a real physical need or or maybe mentally you're just tapped out and you're at the end of yourself and you don't know what to do. Cry out to God. Ask him to help you. Ask him to fill you. I want to share one more verse, Ephesians 3.16, and and this is a, a prayer that Paul prays over the church in Ephesus who are facing a lot of difficult trials. And he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. I like that it says his unlimited resources because you might feel limited by your circumstances. You might feel limited by the season of life that you're in or your financial status or your marital status or your energy level or whatever, but God's resources are unlimited limited. He is more than able to provide for every physical, mental, and spiritual need that you have. It says he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So cry out to him and don't be afraid to ask for help and keep pouring. You got to keep pouring. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your good word that gets us headed in the right direction. God, I lift up my brothers and sisters to you who may be feeling drained and empty and tired and worn out, like they have nothing left to give. I lift up the mamas who are tired and drained and worn out. And God, I ask that from your glorious unlimited resources that you would empower us with inner strength through your spirit. We need your inner strength. Father, we call on you to meet our needs, and we call on you to fill us up. You know, maybe you're here today, and you've never called on God. Maybe you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. Well, the good news is that the Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can call on his name today, right where you are. If you believe in your heart and you say it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Praise God. Father, as we leave here today, I pray that you would fill us with the inner strength to keep pouring. Lord, that we would not fear being empty, just knowing that if we are empty, that you are able to fill us to overflowing. Father, may we overflow with love and service and kindness and generosity to everyone around us. Father, we ask you to continue filling us each and every day as we keep on pouring. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.